You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Well, we're going to move on with our encounter with God Bible study. And this Bible study is followed by 20 million people worldwide. It's a worldwide uh, study where we basically go through the Bible, I guess, through the stories in the Bible. It's an awesome study. And throughout this week, Ryan and myself, we've been talking about the King Ahaz, King of Judah. And for those tuning in today, for the listeners tuning in, um, uh, here, we'll give you a bit of context about, about what we've been talking about. Basically, the kingdom of Israel had now split into two kingdoms. We had the kingdom of Israel and the kingdom of Judah. And they and the kingdom of Israel had had made an alliance with the kingdom of Syria. And earlier this week, we discussed how God specifically said not to make any alliances with any other kingdoms um, because that would affect the society that would affect their kingdom because the kingdom of Israel and Judah both served God and that you know so we have the kingdom of Israel and the kingdom of Syria they have a common enemy which is <laughs> ironically the kingdom of Assyria so a different, it's not the kingdom of Syria, it's the kingdom of Assyria. And what they wanted to do is they wanted to combine forces, Syria, Israel, and Judah. They wanted them three to combine forces to fight Assyria. However, in this story, as we've found out that the kingdom of Judah did not want to join in on this war. And so Israel and Syria decided we're going to take over Judah and we're going to put in our own king so that us three combined will go against Assyria and maybe we'll have a fighting chance. And so King Ahaz, the king of Judah here, he's afraid, he is scared, he is shaking like a tree in the wind, and he's afraid, he doesn't know what to do. What is, what can he do? Who can he turn to? What, what does he do in such a crisis? And we learned throughout on Monday and on Tuesday that instead of turning to God, he turns to make an alliance with the enemy, with Assyria. Um, and that's where we find ourselves, where God sends the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah to talk to Ahaz and to encourage him not to do, not to make an alliance with anyone, mm. but in fact, to trust God. Um, so we come to Isaiah chapter seven. Um, but before I go on, Ryan, do you have any thoughts on what we've studied so far? Yeah, uh, we looked at a few of the practical lessons and we discussed that uh, you can trust, you can indeed trust God and, and God often gives us um, invitations to trust him, and that's the sort of invitation mm. and uh, thing that he gave Ahaz. And today we're probably going to be looking a little bit more about that invitation. Yes, absolutely. So let's go through Isaiah chapter 7, verse 7 to 10, and I'll get Ryan to read that for us. Yes, and it starts off with Thus says the Lord God, it shall not stand, nor shall it come to pass. For the head of Syria is Damascus, and the head of Damascus is Rezin. Within sixty-five years, Ephraim will be broken, so that it shall not be a people. So that it will not be a people. The head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is Remaliah's son. If you will not believe, surely you shall not be established. Moreover, the word of the Lord spoke to uh, spoke again to Ahaz, saying. Okay, can That's we... verse 10. You want me to read verse 11 as well? Yep. Actually, can you read up to verse 13? Yes, no worries. Um, so, this is verse 11. Ask a sign for yourself from the Lord your God. Ask it either in the depth 
or in the height above in the height above. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Then he said, Hear now, O house of David, is it a small thing for you to weary men? But will you weary my God also? That's Isaiah talking to King Ahaz. Mm. And so that's where we pick up our lesson today. That's right. So we have Isaiah who comes to King Ahaz. And he says, don't worry, because the enemies that you're afraid of actually aren't these powerful kingdoms. Mm. God sees them as these two stumps of burning stumps, embers, right? Burning away, not worth being afraid of. Um, And of course, God gives the promise, if you shall believe, mm -hmm. then your kingdom will be established. Yes. All Ahaz had to do was step out in faith and trust God and his kingdom, his posterity, would be continue would be established and and continue, mm. but but as we know, he doesn't make that. As we discussed on Monday, he doesn't make that decision. No, no, he doesn't. So, but, but God does. So, yes, we read that God gave him a cho- you know gave him encouragement. Um, he said, "You have a choice to be established. I can't establish you if you yourself will not be firm in faith. Hmm. But we see here in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 10 to 13, which Ryan just read through, it says later, so this is later on, the Lord sent a message to him and said, ask for a confirmation, ask me for a sign, test me at this. Yeah, and so that's really interesting. I want to focus on the little point there Mm. um, where God says, Either in the depth or in the height above. Does your does your Bible? So I'm reading from the New King James, but I'm wondering, Renee, does your Bible have a different way of saying those two words? So in the New Living Translation, it says high as heaven or as deep as the place of the dead. Yeah. So essentially, God isn't limiting Himself like normal kings do. Mm. You know, we we hear often stories where kings will say, "Hey." You know, you've found such great favor in my sight. Ask up to half of my kingdom. Mm. What does God, how does God limit his invitation to Ahaz? He does not limit it. He says from the deepest point Mm -hmm. to the highest point, I will give you a sign. Just ask, what would you like for me to do to prove to you that I'm a faithful God, that my word about Ephraim, which Ephraim is another uh, word used to describe northern Israel, the mm-hmm. um, up there in Ephraim. Uh, Ephraim was a big tribe, one of the children of Joseph. And God is really offering an incredible invitation here. Ask anything of me and I'll do it for you. He could have asked for a mountain of gold. He could have asked for a, an army of an innumerable people. Mm-hmm. He could have asked for riches and wealth. Um he could have asked for happiness. I just ask anything from me yeah. and I will give it to you to prove to you that my words are going to stand sure so that you can, you know, so that you can have a, um, yeah, so that you can believe, believe. what I said. Exactly. You can see how far God is willing to, to go just so that King Ahaz would just believe and trust him. And like you said, God placed no restrictions on him. There was no restrictions on the fine the fine print. Um, this, was an, uh, this was an invitation of faith. Mm. To which, as we go on, it's quite sad to see that Ahaz had in fact said no. And we're going to go into that a little bit later. Um, but 
we do want to focus in on the fact that this is how much God was willing to, to put out in the line, test me at anything. Um, and it's interesting that God invited him to test him at this. Um, but we'll look into this more. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so how did Ahaz respond um, to this this challenge that God gave him? Ooh, that's an interesting response. We find that out here in verse 12. Mm -hmm. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. That seems like a very pious response at first glance, doesn't it? He's Yes. Yeah, he's going along the lines of, hey, you know what? You know, Israel, right, they tested the Lord um, in the wilderness. They asked for... Uh, they asked for quail when God was like, hey, I've, I've provided you manna. And they were like, we want meat. And so they tested the Lord there. Yeah. They said, the Lord has brought us out to kill us. There's no water. We need water. And God poured water out of the rock. In other places, they came there and there was just bitter water. And they said, oh, the Lord is trying to kill us. you know. And they constantly tested the Lord. They lacked in faithfulness. But here, Ahaz says something remarkable. I will not test the Lord, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. It's as if he's trying to say, hey, I don't want to repeat those failures that Israel had. Or is he saying that? Could there be some subtext to why he so quickly responds to Isaiah this way? Mm-hmm. Well, it seems that way. It seems like he's being super respectful and, like you said, pious. But it says the difference is that God had invited him to put God, put him to the test, mm. right? And God does this a few times in the Bible. I know, you know, the story where God to asks a prophet, tells a prophet to ask for a sign to bring yep. his son forward or bring back. Yes, that's actually Ahaz's son, Hezekiah. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. So Hezekiah was on his deathbed and... Um, God gave him 15 more years of life. So, he had 15 years in which to live. And um, he was offered an, an option on what he would like as a sign. Um, the hour of the, the sun to go 15 hours forward or to stand still um, or go back, sorry. And he chose it for it to go back. And so, that was Hezekiah Ahaz's son. Uh, but as you see, you know, God gave a much more generous offer to a much, much more wicked king. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, we're going to look real quick. This at uh, Malachi chapter three, verse 10, which gives us an example that when God invites us to put him to the test. This is um, a verse that many people have heard of. I think if you've... Um, been familiar about it. Have, if you've studied about tithing, you might know about this verse. Um, could you read that verse for yeah, us? Yeah, I can. So, Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Mm. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will be not enough room to receive it. Mm. The big, the big difference between um, when the Israelites, like you were explaining before, how they put God to the test, it was because of their lack of faith. But when God invites you to test him to, to, so that he can prove himself to you because he wants, he wanted King Ahaz to, to have faith in him. And so there's, I guess there's a big difference in those, in those two scenarios that we see. 
but we're re- but it's what makes it really sad is that Ahaz's response to God was that he did not want to put God to the test. He didn't want to take God up on his offer. In fact, he barred and he bolted the door of his heart to shut out faith. We're going to read Isaiah chapter 7, verse 13, and it's over here. I'll read it from the New King, New Living Translation. And Isaiah says, listen well, you royal family of David. Isn't enough that you exhaust human patience? Must you exhaust the patience of my God as well? And so in response to Ahaz not deciding to, you know, say, you know what? I'm not going to test God at this. I'm not going to take God up on his offer. He refused to put God to the test outwardly to where he actually was wearying God, actually putting God, testing God's patience. Um, The most, I guess the most troubling aspect of this verse is the fact that Isaiah refers to my God by clear contrast to Isaiah 7 verse 11. Um, If you look there real quick, it actually says that. Um, the prophet asks the king to, to um, ask the king to ask for a sign uh, of the Lord your God. And when Ahaz refused the divine offer, he rejected the Lord from being his God. And the uh, the Lord was the God of Isaiah, but not of Ahaz. Yeah, and that's really interesting. So before um, Isaiah gives the promise that he will, if you will, if you'll not believe, surely you shall not be established. So God's telling him right now, Mm. hey, your kingdom has come up before me, Mm -hmm. you as a king, and look, that you're either for me or against me, Mm. just like he has done with many other kings. You know, we discussed uh, that in the book of Daniel, God establishes kingdoms and he removes kingdoms. Mm -hmm. And he's sort of offering the same invitation to Ahaz. And you can see that God is not pulling any stops. He says, look, ask for a sign as great as you want. For me to prove to you that I am the God. But Ahaz, as we know of his character, wicked, horrible king, yeah. um, offered his children as as sacrifices to pagan gods, um, idol gods that, that didn't do anything. And God is, yeah, reaching out to him, but Ahaz is reaching back. And his answer for this idolatrous king who doesn't love God, who doesn't want anything to do with God, makes a lot of sense. I will not test the Lord. Um, sorry, I will not. Yeah, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. He's basically saying, I want no confirmation. I want nothing to do with God. I don't want to be proved that he's right. I don't want to be proved that he's judge. And if he had accepted Isaiah's invitation, the result of that would be that he has to then declare that God is not only ruler and judge of of Judah, but is sovereign above all. And he would have to submit his own uh, authority under God. And he did not want to do that. Mm. He did not want to surrender himself to Jesus or God, um, did not want to have to change his life. It's ironic that although he made his, you know, his... In his mind, he made this, he, he decided, he made this free choice to, you know what, I'm going to go and make this alliance with the Assyrians. In fact, by doing so, he really just locked himself into a position of, in a sense, in a sense, slavery, like in a sense where he didn't have much choice over the future of his kingdom and, and, it's, and it eventually became, you know, destroyed. I guess I have a question for you, Ryan. Do you think 
if God gave Ahaz any sign, um, do you think he would have believed? That is an interesting, interesting point. And that's actually something we're going to get into tomorrow on the show. Mm. Um, but what I think, I don't think, I think people see what they want to see sometimes. Mm. You know, God has given us enough faith, uh, enough evidence, sorry, on which to base our faith, but he doesn't remove all room for doubt. Yeah. And so if, if you're looking at it, uh, you're looking at the evidences there, and you search hard enough, you, of course, you can find ways to doubt God and way to doubt God's existence. But what he does offer us is enough sufficient evidence on which to base and which to believe on him. And so that's exactly what he does to Ahaz. Uh, he offers him a chance. He sends his established prophet to offer Ahaz a chance. Ahaz refuses. And then God sends a clear enough sign to him, which is tomorrow's lesson, on which to base his faith. And of course, I, I think Ahaz doesn't accept it. Yeah. It, it kind of reminds me, um, if you remember the stories of Jesus, where Jesus would heal people and he would preach the gospel and he would transforms people, transform people's lives. And then one day, the Pharisees who were looking out, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and any of the religious leaders, they wanted to catch him out on it, right? Because mm. they were getting mad at his his influence was growing stronger than theirs. And they come to Jesus one day and they ask, all right, show us a sign that you are the Messiah and we will believe. And I remember reading that story and being curious because God, Jesus's response to them was, no, I, I will not show you a sign. And I wondered, like, why didn't Jesus just show them a sign so they could believe? But in the previous chapters, Jesus had been healing. The, he had been making the blind see. He had make, made the lame walk. He had healed the lepers. He had, he, like, he had done so much. He had spoken life into people who had been, you know, really burdened down by sin. And yet these people refused to believe. And just like you said, you know, they refused to see what was right in front of them. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We just want to thank our listeners for tuning in. If you have any comments, anything that you want to, you want, you have an opinion or um, any thoughts about the Bible study that we've been talking about for the last 20 minutes or um, the stories or the interview that we had with David Hopped today, you know, the numbers to call or text in. We do love hearing from you. So we were just talking about Ahaz and how, you know, how I guess we're just discussing any kind of sign that God would have given, I don't think it would have, I don't think it would have helped in when Ahaz had made his mind not to believe. Mm. When someone decides not to believe, there is nothing you can do until they choose to believe. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that God gave up on them and it no. doesn't mean you need to give up on them. In exactly. fact, you can often pray for people who are going through a bit of a, a faith crisis and but God in his mercy, and in tomorrow's lesson, we'll look at it, God actually provides a sign for King Ahaz, mm -hmm. even though he didn't request it. But I, I do have a bit of an interesting discussion point here. Yeah, let's hear Verse it. Verse 13 says, then he said to him, and then he said, hear now, O house of David, it is, is it a small thing for you to weary men, but will you weary my God also? Can we weary God? 
I think we can. And I only say that with a little bit of confidence because of this story. Yeah. It sounds like God is continuously sending signs, sending people. Um, and you see that throughout the whole Old Testament and New Testament, where God is constantly trying to bring back his people. Or, um, and so I do, you know, just a, sorry, I took a long answer, but I think so. I think yeah. God can be worried. What, what yeah, we can. We Absolutely. We can test the patience of God and, and we can disrespect him by um, having clear evidences of his authority and his love for us and then refusing to accept it. But mm. the beautiful thing is God, in, in fact, in 1 Corinthians 13, it says one of the characteristics of love is that it is long-suffering. And one of the beautiful things about 1 Corinthians 13 is that whole love chapter there mm. is actually talking about the love of Christ for us. Mm. And so, God is long-suffering towards us and he was long-suffering towards the King Ahaz. Um but we can weary God. Yeah. You know? I like that word long-suffering as opposed to patience. It's the same. It's, a, you know, some Bibles translate it as patience, as most long-suffering. It really does feel that way. Sometimes it do feel like you suffer for a long time. So mm. it's, um you know, God is, I guess, considering God's side of this story, if we switch perspectives, because we're reading from... I guess we're reading from an outsider perspective, seeing the two sides. We see Ahaz and we see Isaiah and we see God. But if we sit from the position and, and try and see things like, I wonder what God have, would have thought of this and this and this. Um, we just, I think for me, what I see personally is a God who really, really doesn't give up. Mm. And um, because it really stuck with me that this was a wicked king. This God, this this guy, King Ahaz, um, didn't worship God. He first he worshipped many other gods. He knew about God, but he didn't prioritize him. And um, yeah, he he didn't have that faith. So I I'm inspired at the persistence that God has after humans who still refuse to have faith. Yeah, and I was just thinking, like, sometime wouldn't it be good today if we could take a moment. And think back to all the, the parts in our life where we know that God has intervened or, or worked in us. And maybe if uh, if you're looking for, you know, a reason to have a greater faith in God or a faith in God, you can look back at all the instances in life where God has worked in some way, mm. um, but you may not have necessarily seen it at the time. Yeah. And Absolutely. I think when you think back at all those instances, you'll realize that God is a long-suffering and patient God. I know for myself... Uh, there's been times in my life where I have just been totally oblivious to his working. But when I reflect back on the, the sort of journey that I've had in Christ and the way he's guided me to in life, mm. I think back and I go, wow, he was so patient. Yeah. And, you know, I'm reminded of this promise that God gave to King Ahaz, you know, ask it either in the depth or in the height above. I mean, God is offering the, an incredible sign to this wicked, wicked, totally depraved king, right? How much more for someone who's earnestly seeking him, earnestly following him? I don't think we should go out and we should test God. Absolutely not. But I do believe that when we come to him and ask for him to do, um, to help us in situations where we're struggling or we need, we just need him to work in a mighty way, that we can look at that and we can have faith and assurance yeah. that God loves us so incredibly much mm. that he's willing to move heaven and earth for us. Yeah, absolutely. 
What an incredible God. I do want to ask, um, we have a few more minutes left, but I guess we've been looking at like, what does, what did God's, God's actions in this story show about him and the kind of love he has for humanity? But I also want to switch perspectives and say, what does this tell us about the blindness and the hardness of the human heart when not mm. completely surrendered to God? Yeah, that's such an interesting point. I think if we look at the last bit there, it shows you just how far we're willing to go mm. to run away from God um, because we want nothing to do with him. Ahaz had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and he completely turned that down just because he wanted nothing to do with God. Yeah, absolutely. It really does show... I think you, I think you're right. It shows how far we're willing to go, and how far did Ahaz go? Well, he went as far as to secure an alliance with his enemy, um, which did not bode well at all. He he sent himself into sort of pseudo slavery there by making, um, yeah, by surrendering Judah as as under the protection of the Assyrians. Yeah, they're yeah. paying tribute from the Lord's house. In fact, what God had given. Um, what God had blessed Israel with in the times of David um, and the time of uh, Solomon, what he blessed Israel and Judah with, Ahaz just picked that up and he threw it away to the enemies. Yeah, yeah. There is a story, a parable in the Bible, just in closing real quick. Um, we've been talking about, like, I guess, how far God is willing to go for us and how far we are actually sometimes willing to go to escape or run away from God, right? And we've seen many stories in the Bible about that. But there's a parable of the farmer who sows seeds and there are certain kind of soil that, you know, some seeds fall on the path and those seeds don't grow and some seeds fall on, you know, rocky soil. And though they have roots, they quickly die because they don't have enough soil and some fall on good soil and they're able to make a strong root down in the ground and grow in a healthy way um, and grow strong and healthy. Um, And this just reminds me of like the state of like the kind of heart that I want to have whenever God, whenever like towards God, a heart that is very responsive to him where I can grow um, because of his Holy Spirit, you know, and have Mm. him in my life. So yeah, that's just, just a reminder of what kind of attitude we can have towards God. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Alas, it is now time for... For... (laughs) Question of the Day. Okay, so the question of the day is... Okay, Ryan, if you're saved, can you ever be unsaved? Oh, that's an interesting question. Salvation. Uh, and I think, yeah, for this, we need to go to a Bible verse that sort of talks about that. Let's turn to John chapter 10. Yes. Verse 28 to 30. Okay, I got it. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. For my father has given them to me and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch from them the father's hand. The father and I are one. So sometimes when you read this verse, it kind of sounds like once you're in Jesus' care, there's nothing that can happen to you that will ever take you out of Jesus' care. And this is a, a this well, this question is very interesting because, yes, in fact, when you're in Jesus' care, neither uh, height nor depth nor power nor principality can ever snatch you 
from God's love. However, all right, I'll there go. is one condition. Okay. And I believe that it is you can choose. You see, God has given us the freedom of choice. We look at the story of Joshua and in his last charge to Israel, he says, choose who you shall serve this day, mm. whether the gods from this side of the river in the land that you can't got and gods in Egypt or the gods in the land you're going to. But for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. There is a choice, an individual choice that every one of us can choose who we will serve. And of course, we can choose to either serve God or not yeah. serve God. And that's the choice that A has had. Yeah. And so, uh, let's, let's go to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 4 okay. to 7. A little bit of biblical text to prove this for you. Okay. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 4 to 7. And it says, For he has spoken in certain place on the seventh, in the seventh day this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his work. And again in this place, they shall not enter my rest, since it... Since it therefore remains that some must enter it, and those whom it was preached to did not enter because of disobedience. And he, and again, he designates a certain day, saying in, uh, saying in David, Today, after such a long time, it has been said, Today, if you will not hear his voice, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. What does that mean? Well, it's talking about the children of Israel. They had the commandments from God. They had the guidance from God. And yet they still chose on occasion to either follow God or not follow God. And what God is, uh, what God is trying to say to us here is, guys, every day is a choice to either follow me. Jesus, Jesus says to us in Luke, if, you d- if anyone desires to be my disciple, take die to self and take up your cross mm. daily um, here It says, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Today, we can have the assurance that if we put our faith and trust in Jesus, we can be saved. But that does not equal the assurance that we will be saved forever and always. Because tomorrow is a brand new day and we need to surrender to Christ again. Until we die or we get taken up to heaven, we can keep surrendering to Jesus and keep having the assurance that we are saved. Mm. Yeah. And so the ball is in your court. Um, no one can snatch you from the Father's hands. Um, you know, salvation is yours. You can have assurance that you're saved because Jesus died on the cross. Mm. What a beautiful promise. This is the Forbes family. Which way will you choose? As the world becomes entwined in the lies from Satan's mind, a leader will arise to take the reins Saying love will bring us peace If you put your hope in me Renounce the name of Jesus or be slain Which way will you choose? Which way will you choose? You got everything to gain You got everything to As the masses take his mark, believe a lie to chill their hearts. They'll know the time has come, the seal of faith. Those who claim to the cross will refuse and pay the cost. As God redeems his own from the sea of hate. Which way will you choose? Which way will you choose? You got everything to gain. You got everything to lose 
comes to an end Hope will tumble down again The Lord will make them feel their sin and shame You can make the choice right now Trust in Christ our hope and crown Or watch the world's in love go up in flame Which way will you choose? Which way will you choose? You got everything to gain You got everything to Which way will you choose? You've got everything to gain. You've got everything to lose. Come back to the breakfast show. With Renee and Ryan, unfortunately, um, all good things come to an end, but that's okay. Um, we'll see you tomorrow. Well, I'll see you tomorrow. Um, um, thank you so much, Ryan, for an awesome show today. We loved hearing from you guys, um, to our listeners, listening in with, from the Bible study to answering the quiz, um, any comments on the interview that we had today. Um, so many fun things. But before we go, there is always a free giveaway. So all you have to do is you have to be the first on the phone. Um, but Ryan is first going to tell us what the prize is. The oh, man, free prize. Renee, this is a fantastic book. This is one you must call in. It is titled Investigating the Judgment. It looks at the 2,300-day prophecy in Daniel. It talks about a few things like if... You know, answer some questions about the investigative judgment, like, um, or the investigation for the judgment. Does God, doesn't God know everything? Mm -hmm. But then why have a judgment at all? Could God be interested in showing himself to all as fair? This is a fantastic book. I can't recommend it enough. Yes. So definitely call in, um, call in numbers 1-800-324-843 or text us in at 0491-064-669. Um, also a reminder after the show, there is another show called, by Lloyd Grolemond Revelation. So stay tuned if you want to learn more about that. It's going to be super interesting. But as usual, talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. <laughs> Woo! God be awesome with show. you till well we fun. meet again. Awesome. So that's, thank you so much, Ryan. Counsel's guide of hold you with the sheep securely fold you. God be with you till we meet again. for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.